There we go. Good morning, folks. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, May 12, 2023. Welcome to episode 365. A full rotation of the sun if we did a show every single day. We've been on the show. The show has been live over a year and a half, but this is episode 365. It feels special, doesn't it? Welcome to the... Welcome to Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Ozier, and over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Richard Daspit, Alexandra, Ashley Sweeney, Kimberly, Alana, Pellant, Chris Cahall, Tuki Vang, Peter Lee, John Bruno, and so many of the Simply Cyber community members are going to be shredding the top cyber news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. Or if you're looking to break in the industry, we got you covered. You're definitely going to get wicked value from here. Also, the chat on the side over there, if you're a part of it, you know already how awesome the conversations are going on in there. What's up, Team Live? Good to see you. I got to take a slug of this coffee, y'all. I haven't had one yet. It took 365 days to figure out the audio. That's right. That is right. All right, before we tear in and start shredding the top cyber news of the day, let me give a little love to the stream sponsor. Start with my good friend Eric Taylor, Barricade Cyber. Drop those Barricade Emotes squad members. I'll drop a couple because I'm a squad member too. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at BarricadeCyber.com. Links in the description below. This is his website right here. The important thing is, you go down here, here's his calendar. Guys, he deals with ransomware every single day. Every day of Eric Taylor's life is somebody else's worst day. Like, just think about that for a second. It's, it's. I mean, it's harsh, man. Not everybody can do it. But he's there to kind of... Put the, put the fire out and help you get back in business. Also want to say shout out and love to Panopsi. Panopsi Security does quantified risk assessments in an amazing way. And why would you want a quantified risk assessment, you ask? Well, if you're aimlessly picking security controls, if you have no idea how to measure the efficacy of your investments, your resources, your people, your process, your technology, a quantified risk assessment might be in, the, uh, in your best interest. Brandon and his team can come in. What's up, Matthew Necci? Thanks for the squad. Brandon Poole and his team come in. They look at your people, your process, your technology. They look at your threat landscape. They look at the industry you're operating in. They look at the size of your business. They look at the current state of affairs. Then they assess how good your security is. You got two EDR solutions? Redundant. You're missing a firewall? Huge gap. Not doing MDM? Insider threat, right? Like a million different things could happen here. But a quantified risk assessment can give you like a three-year roadmap on quick wins, uh, long-term strategic investments, partners, maybe 
Maybe partnering with somebody is a good idea. Squirreling, getting out of a three-year MDR contract because you don't use it, for example. Or maybe you do. Maybe you need one. Whatever. That's Panopside. Give, give it some love. Also XM Cyber, but we'll talk more about them at the mid-roll. I want to thank you all for being here. I want to remind you that each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. So if you've got professional certifications, definitely investigate. I've looked at ISACA and ISC Squared myself, and I feel confident that I can make the argument that this is an instructor-led webinar. I, not to, like, I don't typically speak about myself, you know, like this, but like, I am qualified. <laughs> I'm qualified to lead a webinar on a threat briefing, okay? Um, so if anyone pushes back, like we can have a conversation about it, all right? Meaning the certification bodies, not somebody telling me I'm a crank up here, all right? So if you're here, get those CPEs, say what's up in chat, take a screenshot if you want. That's the trick, half a CPE, two and a half a week, 10 a month, holla, holla, holla. Also wanna say, hello team live, 140 of you this morning already. Hopefully you got your coffees or your your mid-afternoon teas or your evening nightcaps, depending on where you are and what you're doing. I think it's it's uh, late Friday night, early Saturday morning in Australia, so my Aussie friends may be getting up to a little bacon and eggs or what, what, whatever Australia, what's a normal breakfast in Australia? Let us know in chat, I'm kind of curious if it's like, um, I don't know. I don't know, I, I, I can't even make something up. Um, hashtag team live in chat if you would. Uh, Sean Washington asked me a jaw jacket about the coffee sponsorship. I got I got updates for you. All right. Um, if you're live, do a team live or say what's up. If you're watching on replay, hashtag team replay in comments. I love engaging with the team replay folks in comments. Oh, biscuits and gravy. So good. Nathan Boland. That's my jam. Um, it, real quick, at Wild West Hackenfest, there was a restaurant downstairs that literally, their breakfast menu, it was two sausage, egg, and cheese biscuits from Scratch Biscuits, and then they covered it in, in, in white gravy. So it was basically two breakfast sandwiches covered in gravy. I ate it every single morning I was there. And when I'm there next year, I will eat it every single morning I'm there. If you're um, hashtag uh, hybrid, team hybrid, um, if you got here late and you're 2X in the, the, the view speed, uh, to get caught up welcome to the present when you get here and my friends my favorite hashtag passive observer if you're shy socially introverted not sure you know that networking is important but you don't know how to do it step into the light of social networking in the professional community and say hashtag passive observer make that the first step in your journey into professional networking hashtag passive observer and all of you uh friends in here who are already chatty Cathy's and uh, comfortable with uh, networking. Welcome our Passive Observer friends with open arms, if you would. I appreciate that. Hey, Galia Liebin. Good to see you. All right, guys. We got a great show for you today. I'm super pumped. The stories look good. I literally have no idea. I, I was like on the phone. I was actually on the phone talking with a sponsor for Simply Cybercon. So, <laughs> so I wasn't really paying attention when I brought them up. So who knows where this is going to go before we get into it. What it can do. I see some people congratulating Ken. I'd like to know. I like to, I like to hang out too. Ken Pryor graduating college today, 35 years later than expected. That's fine. Ken, congratulations. Bring it, Ken. All right, guys, sit back, relax, and let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over you in an awesome wave. I'll catch you at the mid-roll. 
It's Friday, May 12th, 2023. Twitter launches encrypted private messages. Direct messages sent on Twitter will be end-to-end -end encrypted, but ex-CEO Elon Musk warned that this is an early version and people should, quote, try it but don't trust it yet, end quote. <laughs> the feature can only be used by people who pay for Twitter Blue or who are affiliated to a verified Twitter account. In a post on its support site, Twitter said, quote, while messages themselves are encrypted, metadata, such as recipient, creation time, and so on, are not, and neither is any linked content, end quote. It continued saying, quote, if a malicious insider or Twitter itself, as a result of a compulsory legal process, were to compromise an encrypted conversation, neither the sender or receiver would know, end quote. And yes, late yesterday, Musk tweeted that he had found a new chief executive for Twitter, but did not immediately provide a name, saying simply, quote, she will be starting in about six weeks, end quote. Wow. Okay, so a couple of things really quick. New, new uh, CEO of Twitter. Um, that'll be interesting. That person, whoever they are, if they're not already well-known, they're about to become incredibly well-known. Second of all, Twitter uh, launches encrypted. How hilarious is it? Guys, Many of us have worked in the cyber uh, industry for a long time. Lots of, lots of products, guys, right? Like everybody, single plane of glass, next gen whatever, next gen blenders, next gen waffle makers, right? The, the, the hype machine behind product marketing is hilarious. I find it starkly contrasting that the CEO <laughs> of any company, I mean, of course, Elon's going to be the one to do this, but the CEO of any company is like, we're rolling out a new security feature, but don't trust it. Like, that's really funny. Like, the, uh, so anyways, you never see it that way. Dude, I'm telling you right now, in reality, like 90, not 90%, 20% of the claims that security vendors make are like, <laughs> they're on the roadmap or next quarter. Like, those are things that you'll hear regularly. They're on the roadmap or we're bringing, we're rolling that out next quarter. Do you want to sign up for a three-year deal? So uh, I find this starkly contrasting. Now, I want to point out that the content of the content of the message is encrypted. So I DM uh, Marcus Seiler, and I'm like, Marcus, you're going to Simply CyberCon? And Marcus DMs back, yeah, right? Or, or <laughs> God, uh, here's a, here's a, okay, so here's a funny DM. I got a DM uh, last night from John Hammond, the John Hammond. And uh, he's like, are we still on for this live stream? So he was supposed to be my guest yesterday and I totally whiffed because I forgot to put it on the calendar. So he's gonna be coming on June 22nd, but the message would be encrypted. However, the fact that John DM'd me or Marcus DM'd me at you know, 9 p.m. Eastern time on May 11th would not be encrypted. You understand the metadata. And uh, there's a really good talk at DEF CON a few years ago about um, DNS traffic, because you can't encrypt DNS traffic because you need to know what domain name to resolve, right? So you cannot encrypt it. And people did data analytics on uh, DNS requests and the IP address it came from and mapped it back to individuals. And they were able to identify like leaders in the you know German government who had like fetishes and or you know potentially had fetishes because of the websites that they were visiting uh and you know could be publicly embarrassing and all that so metadata don't sleep on metadata don't think like oh what's the big deal about some metadata who cares metadata can be interesting right um who you're talking to when you're talking to them how often you're talking to them um so that's what i'll say about that the dms are encrypted the metadata is not encrypted 
I've said this on stream before too. Anything you put into any app, social media app, I don't care you if they tell you it's like Signal, wicked encrypted, right? Telegram, we got some encryption going on there. Anything, any, any, anything, whether you're DMing it, whether you're putting it on your Facebook page or MySpace wall or whatever you're doing, expect it to get out, okay? You should not be executing incredibly sensitive communications unless you have no other choice, right? Like if you're doing a telehealth visit and you got to show some kind of weird ration, a weird place, like that's your option. You could go into a, a, a treatment facility, but maybe you can't drive 45 miles to it because you live in some rural part of America. My point is anything that goes online, stream, text, pictures, expect it, expect it to get out. Okay. I'm not saying it's going to get out. I'm just saying if you lead, lead with that mindset, then you, you tend to make better risk-based decisions. All right. Microsoft releases fix for patched Outlook issue exploited by Russian hackers. On okay, yeah, Aaron Lancaster points out DNSSEC. Yes, DNSSEC is there. I'm not an expert on DNSSEC. But at some point, you have to, I mean, I guess you have to decrypt the traffic when it gets to the recipient endpoint as well. But I, I didn't, I, okay, so maybe the IP addresses, you definitely can't encrypt those, right? Those have to be, um, uh, documented somewhere, unless you're coming from a VPN, I suppose, but... Microsoft released a new fix for a vulnerability that was initially patched in March, but was later discovered by security researchers to be flawed. Ukrainian cybersecurity officials at CERT-UA reported a vulnerability to the Microsoft Incident Response Team earlier this year after Russia-based hackers used a vulnerability in Microsoft's Outlook email service. Although the issue was patched in March, Akamai researcher Ben Barnea discovered a way around this patch that would allow an attacker to use the vulnerability to coerce an Outlook client to connect to an attacker-controlled server. Barnea said the issue is a zero-click vulnerability and all Windows versions are affected by it. All right. North and hey, and let me just be clear. Aaron Lancaster, thank you for commenting about the DNSSEC. I, I hadn't thought about that. I, I didn't. I, as I was listening to the story, I'm like, "Oh, did I just come off the top rope at Aaron Lancaster?" That's not. That's not how I operate. And uh, I just wanted to explicitly share that. I appreciate you pointing that out with the DNSSEC. All right, <clears throat> Microsoft releases a patch for an Outlook issue. Okay. Um, Outlook is still pretty prominent. I will say that Outlook 0365 has pushed like all the fat apps up into the cloud. So everything is kind of browser based. Yeah. You still have Outlook. Um, I'm kind of curious. Um, I'm kind of, I'm going to run a poll really quickly. Um, there's 200 folks in here. Do you use fat client Outlook desktop app? I'm kind of curious because I don't think like, I don't really know anyone that's still using fat client Outlook. Okay, I just run in a poll. Take a hot second if you would and vote if you're using the uh, fat client, please. All right, so Microsoft Threat Intelligence, which is really good. Again, Microsoft is coming leaps and bounds in, in taking security seriously. And uh, that Atlas OS yesterday, I, you know, somebody commented that I was overreacted to the Atlas OS, which... Maybe I did. Uh, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I was really uh, hot about about that. Um, Microsoft Threat Intel is talking about Russian-based actors uh, exploiting a, a relatively recent vulnerability. 2023, 2333.97. Uh, I'm just kind of curious what this one is. Um, hold on one second. I know like MITRE's, <laughs> MITRE's webpage could use some some branding. 
I feel like I feel like um older like I hate to say older but like not not necessarily older in age but people who have been on Outlook who are like re uh, resistant to change are the ones who are still using fat client Outlook. Um so the Outlook is an elevation of privilege vulnerability. Elevation of privilege is also called privilege escalation to spin it around, but you, you already need to have uh, access to the box. You already need to have compromised the asset. Um, you can see it's a 9.8 out of 10, but again, it's a privilege escalation bug. Um, it's a zero click vulnerability, but all Windows versions are affected. The yikes. Um, when was this patched? Has this been patched? Um, Patch Tuesday, Microsoft ranked the vulnerability as important and reduced its CVS to 6.5. Yeah, Microsoft reduced it, and I'm t because it's a you need to have access to the box already, um, and it's being patched. There's other RCEs in the Patch Tuesday patch that are probably more likely. I think this I think this particular patch is getting um is getting pub because it was being exploited by Russian hackers, and more importantly. It's a zero click vulnerability, which basically means I could I could send I could send I think here okay, so here, I'm kind of stretching here a little bit, but I'm I'm thinking that basically if you got access to the box somehow, you could just send a cal invite and escalate the privileges of yourself by doing it. Um so super easy to do. So essentially, if you get a box, you can guarantee you'll get root access to the box. Um, not great. Definitely want to patch it <laughs> if you can. Dude, Microsoft Outlook and Microsoft Exchange, which is like the mail server um, that Microsoft has, they they've had a rough they've had a rough uh, they've had a rough go of it. All right, 107 people voting, and we're at 50-50, guys. Wow. Okay. Well, I I stand corrected. Very interesting. Thanks for taking a second to vote, y'all. Uh, very interesting that it's that that dominant. I had no idea. Realinked APT Group breaches the Seoul National University Hospital. The security breach took place between May and June 2021 and was aimed at stealing sensitive medical information and personal details. Experts speculate the attackers were looking for information belonging to high-profile figures who got medical treatment at the hospital. According to South Korea's National Police Agency, the nation-state actors gained access to the intranet of the hospital and stole the personal information of about 830,000 patients and workers, including 17,000 current and former hospital employees. The attack did not impact hospital operations, but based on TTPs observed by the National Police Agency, including IP addresses, the use of specific words in the North Korean vocabulary, and the anonymization techniques involved in the attacks, South Korean police have identified the attack as coming from a North Korean-linked group, with local media speculating it was the Kim Suki APT. Okay, a couple of things. One, obviously. Second of all, uh... uh for those who know me, you know I like a good infographic. This one is hilariously bad. Okay, I don't think I've seen it. Like, I'm not even talking about the quality of the drawing. That like it looks like a child drew it. Like, what is this telling you? Hacker, hacker hacks boxes and then pops boxes. Like, what? <laughs> what are we doing? And then, and then I guess this bottom line is data exfil. It, it just this is. 
This is hilariously simplified. I do like simplified graphics because it allows you to kind of communicate the important parts without getting muddled into the details, but this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. <laughs> North Korean hackers, pop boxes, Excel data, um, which I guess, which I guess is actually what happened. So uh, here's here's the story, okay? And I'm actually gonna incorporate this. I'm doing a, um, I'm doing my Citadel class for this summer, Kimberly, for the summer. And uh, I, I do like some current event discussion things and I, I have one for espionage and this is going to be the one that I'm gonna use. Okay, so North Korea, Lazarus Group, if you've heard of them, well-known North Korean threat actor APT known for like basically stealing crypto. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. Well, they also have other capabilities, including an espionage group. Now, North Korea's espionage group hit this North Korean, I mean, excuse me, hit the South Korean National Hospital. And it's believed that they were looking for high profile people. Now, why would they want to be doing that? If I had to guess, this is why. One, they can find out uh, personal information of um, uh, you know, important people, right? So important researchers, important dignitaries, important politicians, important business owners. Okay, so now let's just play a game. Jim Lund, Marcus Seiler, Travis. Those three individuals, uh, one's like a leading government figure, one is a leading business titan, and one is, I don't know, chief of police, okay? If I get those three pieces of information, I can do things like uh, impersonate them, business titan, I can do business email compromise, maybe getting back to that stealing straight cash, homie. Uh, political figure, I can find out that maybe they have an STD or they have some, or, you know, some type of um, compromising condition that they wouldn't want to get out. Now I can leverage um, extort, not extortion, but uh, what's it called when you like, um, yeah, extortion, right? You can extort them to, you know, whatever, pass a law, take the police detail off, allow traffic through, whatever it is, right? Um, so, so those are some obvious things right off the rip. Third, um, you might be able to uh, get some information and attack them so you could you know, get into their bank accounts, break into their email, get more information, leverage it as a lateral move. They said hospital operations were not impacted. So clearly North Korea's goal was not to, you know, DOS the, the hospital system. They just wanted the information. And with all due respect, and I would say, you know, North Korea, I, I would I would say any uh, nation state would do this. So I'm not just poo-pooing on blackmail. Thank you. I'm not um, I'm not poo-pooing on North Korea, but instead of like trying to like instead of trying to like surgically go in and take the files of who they want, they just took a lot of the files. OK, think about like a, a, a spy movie where they sneak into the, the filing cabinet after hours and then they thumb through or finger through and then they pull the one file out and then they leave. Right. Um, that works. But there's a couple things going on here. One, it takes more time because you, ha you have to like look for the right file instead of just like taking a copy of the filing cabinet out Two, if you were to forensically look at it and they said, oh, the threat actors came in here and they took Travis, Jim Lund, and Marcus Seiler's files. Like you pinpoint, you give intel to the defenders on what your target was, what your what your objectives were, what your actions were, right? So by taking 18,000 different files, you make the defenders and the forensics people's work, you know, 18,000 times harder because who knows 
what your goal was, right? They don't, if you don't know the plan, you can't put the pieces together, right? And what does North Korea care, right? I mean, taking one or taking 18,000, it's the same, it's the same crime. It's the same everything. So it's faster and it's more, um, and it's faster and it's harder to detect what the actual goal was. And thirdly, you know, maybe they, maybe they get some extra information that they weren't thinking of because they're going to have to sift through those 18,000 files and figure out who they got and what they got. There could be some actual extra value in there. Sorry, Marcus Seiler. That's, that's, you're, uh, you're in the, the, the target. More than 45,000 people were affected by the December cyber attack on the Metropolitan Opera. Yesterday, we brought you stories of ransomware hitting the arts communities in Canada and in popular music, and now it seems that the December cyber attack on the Metropolitan Opera in New York resulted in the leak of names, financial account information, tax identification numbers, social security numbers, payment card information, and driver's license numbers of 45,094 people. In December, the Met was unable to process new ticket orders, refunds, or employee paychecks for two weeks. On March the 1st, the Snatch ransomware gang, known for attacks against the government of Modesto, California, a large school district in Wisconsin, and Swedish automaker Volvo, took credit for the attack. All right, so first of all, Language Express, welcome over to the YouTube feed. I hope you find yourself, uh, I hope you enjoy the stream over here. Second of all, yeah, this story's kind of old. If you remember last year in September, the Met, the Metropolitan Opera got hit with a ransomware attack. They couldn't sell tickets. Um, it was kind of a thing. Um, the data that got exfilled was financial account information, tax ID, social payment card, driver's license number on 45,000 people. If I'm not mistaken, I thought it was a ransomware attack, it, which doesn't mean that they couldn't have done data exfil. It's a pretty standard practice to, um, it's called the double extortion technique. Uh, pretty, pretty normal. Um, yeah, see, they couldn't process paychecks. Internal Met email was down and internal systems. That's right. They couldn't do paychecks. That was the thing. Um, and they couldn't sell tickets, right? So this screw... Yeah, it was a ransomware attack. So this screwed over the whole um, Metropolitan Opera. They've obviously recovered from then. Uh, for me, the real thing here is this right here. Again, I'm not highfalutin or anything, but if I had to guess, the Metropolitan Opera is partially sponsored by donors and wealthy elites who like philanthropy and like the, the arts and, and stuff like that. So when 45,000 people's financial information, tax ID, socials get taken, it's very easy to um, socially engineer those people. They're, they're whales, right? Not all 45,000 people are whales, but I guarantee you New York City has a ton of wealthy people in it, right? If you, here's the thing. If you know what you're doing, look at the driver's license, right? Look at their address, segment it by people who live in downtown, right? And then like, you got like a punch list of wealthy whale targets to go after. You don't even need to steal their credit card, right? You could, I mean, you could do uh, identity theft if you wanted to, but I wouldn't. Financial account information, no problem. They regularly buy the the, the box seats. They regularly rent out the entire op Met Opera for, you know, Rockefeller's birthday or whatever. Those are whales. This is how you make a targeted attack. And guys, I, again, I I really feel like I'm doing criminal 101 up here every day. But um, thanks, Cybersecurity Central, for the gifted subs. Yeah, endowments. Here's my thing. Um, 
not like we know that Jeff Bezos is wicked wealthy um, and Elon Musk is wicked wealthy. But y'all, there are a lot of really wealthy people who do not want anyone to know that they're really wealthy people, right? There's tons of them. Lots of people in New York are wealthy and you don't know it, right? You never heard of them until like they get caught. Uh, like, <laughs> like who knew Bernie Madoff before Bernie Madoff, um, you know, got ousted for being um, a scumbag Ponzi scammer, right? I'm just saying there's a lot of wealthy people, but when you sign up for the Met, and you have to disclose some of this information or you share this information or your purchasing behavior dictates that you are wealthy, right? If you're if, like I said, if you if you if you rent out the entire Met Opera for your own birthday party every year, chances are you're a whale, right? So just just be mindful of that, okay? And now a word from our sponsor, Trend Micro. Cybersecurity is not just about protection, it's about foresight, agility, and resilience. Navigating a new era of cyber risk demands evolved strategies, yeah, exactly, new frameworks, Alana. and integrated tools to equip security teams to anticipate and defend against even the most advanced attacks. Trend Micro, the global leader in cybersecurity, is bringing the cyber risk conversation to more than 120 cities around the world in their latest Risk to Resilience World Tour, the largest cybersecurity roadshow of its kind. Find the closest city to you and register today to take a leap towards a more resilient future. Head to trendmicro.com slash CISO series. All right, really quickly here. Alana talks about having worked in donor management and stuff. If you guys want, go back and look. This was a major story. Um, this was a major story a few years ago. Blackbaud. This says March 10th, 2023. Interest. Oh, this is a fine. Okay, so this is just an update. Go back and look at the Blackbaud. This is in Charleston, South Carolina, by the way. Go back and look at Blackbaud and look at how, why they were, why they paid the ransom and why they were squirming. Okay, go back and look. It has a lot to do with very sensitive data of very wealthy people who make very significant donations and um, the the client base of Blackbaud being very upset um about that data getting out which is why they paid the ransom go go if you want a really good example this is a story not not this one this is an update on the story but go look at the original blackboard data breach all right guys check it out it's the mid-roll yes welcome everybody thank you for being here 225 of you on this fine friday morning i want to thank the show's sponsors barricade cyber panopsi and XM Cyber. I mentioned them a little while ago, but let me let me go into a little bit more detail for you guys. Listen, uh, XM Cyber is an exposure management platform. Organizations like yours could be overwhelmed with thousands of exposures. Patch Tuesday happens every Monday. And they are across your cloud. They're across your on-prem. They could be in your Outlook fat client, your exchange on-prem. They could be mismanaged creds, insider threat ill-gotten misconfigurations, S3 buckets looking publicly. There's a million different options. And they are regularly always there on a monthly basis. So efficiently reduce risk is almost impossible, guys. But you can discover the most critical threats and practical tips on how to overcome remediation fatigue with a new approach to efficiently reducing risk with XM Cyber's report 
the 2023 State of Exposure Management Report. Again, I show this every day. Um, I printed it out. I haven't. I, I finished reading it. It's it's excellent. Good data. I like it. I've incorporated the data into some of my talks. Check it out. It costs nothing to download it. You just 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 go follow the link in the description below. I think it's like a Bitly link or a tiny URL link. It's simply so they can track who clicked on it from Simply Cyber. But you can download the report for free. It's worth checking out. Go into the description below and find the XM Cyber link and uh, check it out for yourself. I think you'll enjoy it. If you're getting value out of the show, if you're in entertain entertainment, education, whatever, hit the like button, not for me. Thank you, Carrie, for hitting it five million, billion, trillion times. It helps other cybersecurity people find the show. When you hit the like button, the YouTube algorithm goes, oh, you like cyber. Other people who like cyber might like this show as well. So pay it forward, hit the like button, let other people find out about the show. Last chance to sign up for the newsletter to be able to get it um, on Monday. I write a newsletter every Sunday. It's not really a newsletter. It's basically three pieces of actionable intel that you can operationalize on Monday morning um, at work. I think I think the uh, Josh Mason actually updated the link. So if someone can do exclamation point newsletter, you should get a link you can just click on to be able to sign up. If you don't like it, unsubscribe. I'm not one of those janky websites where like you try to unsubscribe and it gives you like 50 check boxes that you got to navigate to figure out how to unsubscribe it's one click you unsubscribe i if you don't want the email i don't want you to have it honestly i i prefer you to just be happy all right so that's what's going on here simply cyber community challenge jenny housley's been helping me with this chuck sap helped start it guys the simply cyber community challenge is an opportunity for everybody in our community to network together to connect and make meaningful connections i said connect a lot there whoever who i forget i'm sorry who the, who has the community challenge right now um does any mods do we know i could pull it up really quickly uh whoever has the baton right now on the simply cyber community challenge please tag somebody go on to linkedin look for the hashtag simply cyber community challenge and connect hit the connect button for those people who are on there jesse johnson of course jesse johnson i um i didn't get a chance to see jesse's post yet thank you jesse johnson for taking on that mantle of the simply cyber community challenge please tag somebody else in chat and continue the continue the tradition continue the chain and bring it bring it to the next person jesse Every Friday, my son Grayson uh, delivers a joke of the week. Today's joke is classic, Grayson. Why do bicycles have kickstands? Why do bicycles have kickstands? I don't know, Grayson. Why do bicycles have kickstands? Because they're usually too tired to stand on their own. They're usually too tired to stand on their own. Thanks so much for the joke of the week, Grayson. All right, guys, let's keep it rolling. Microsoft signs nuclear fusion deal as part of sustainability push. Microsoft has signed a power purchase agreement with nuclear fusion energy startup Helion for at least 50 megawatts of electricity beginning in 2028, the company's announced on Wednesday. Microsoft plans to use the electricity to power its data centers, according to Chief Sustainability Officer Melanie Nakagawa, talking to Axios in an interview. Fusion has long been viewed as the holy grail of clean energy, and recent advances have led to a mini-boom of funding Fusion startups. Right. WordPress element. All right, so 
say what you want. I mean, I, I have my positions on climate change and fuel, energy crisis, all these things. It, it, this isn't a political show. I'm, all I'm saying is I have my opinions. Um, you know, Microsoft putting some real money into Fusion. I mean, this is legit, legit money, y'all. Okay. To have it by 2028, $500 million funding round in 2021 for this company. Very ambitious. Well, we'll see how it goes, guys. Um, we'll see how it goes. Like, we need a solution. So, you know, I find it, I find it interesting that Microsoft, like, again, so I find it interesting that Microsoft is involved in this deal only because you would think like nations would be involved in this deal. This gets back to like the idea that we. Societally speaking, I, I guess I am going to get a little soapboxy here. Societally speaking, we have pivoted from, you know, like, yes, people are proud of their country and stuff like that. But like, um, because of like the internet and the, you know, interconnectability and the social networks and the way, like even in chat right now, there's people from all over the world. Um, the concept of like patriotism is kind of eroded a little bit and the rise of big tech being as powerful as they are. I said this on the show before. Elon Musk has his own space program that used to be reserved for countries only. Elon Musk is building his own road system, right? Jeff Bezos has a, a, a logistics company that's better than the United States Postal Service, right? You, you follow what I'm saying right here? Like there's people and private businesses that have more GDP and more access to things that only were reserved for nations. And now a power, like an energy deal to, to move us forward into the future of like renewable clean energy is being driven by a tech giant. Um, so I just find it like, I'm glad, I guess my, my, yeah, yeah I know he's trying to build his own to say. So I, I, I'm, I'm all about this, right? I think that, you know, if you just play it forward, guys, at some point we will run out of carbon, right? Like I'm not one of these, like, you know, the sky is falling guys, but like, if you have a thousand can of beans in your pantry and all you're going to eat is beans and who cares? Don't worry. We've got beans for days. That's fine. Let's eat some beans, right? The musical fruit. But here's my thing. At some point you will eat the last can of beans. And then what you, you need to have a plan it's it's simple like a child could wrap their head around this you cannot just make new energy out of like you can't make new carbon right like you can mine the crap out of everything but at some point you will run out so you need a plan right so i'm i'm all about this i just find it wild that like microsoft it, like is involved with this right i mean maybe because it's deep pockets whatever i don't know i also like here's a little uh, fun thing too this is an old apple computer right if you're old enough if you got gray in your beard you know exactly or gray in your hair, ladies. Um, this is an Apple, which is hilarious because it's a Microsoft story. Okay. Tor plugin bug lets attackers hijack accounts on one million sites. One of WordPress's most popular Elementor plugins, Essential Add-ons for Elementor, was found to be vulnerable to an unauthenticated privilege escalation that could allow remote attacks to gain administrator rights on the site. Okay, I don't get everything right, but yes, oil and coal. Thank you, Shuttlecrab. I, does, yes, yes. Essential add-ons for Elementor is a library of 90 extensions for the Elementor page builder used by over 1 million WordPress sites. 
The flaw, which Patch Stack discovered on May 6 of this year, is tracked as CVE 2023-32243 and is an unauthenticated privilege escalation vulnerability on the plugin's password reset functionality. They said, quote, by exploiting this flaw, it is possible to reset the password of any user as long as we know their username, thus being able to reset the password of the administrator and login on their account. End quote. <laughs> Millions. I just like whoever, whoever just did that in chat like this. It cracked me up. So I wanted to. WordPress exploits are so hot. <laughs> oh, that's so good. All right. So, um. Thanks, BTO. So a WordPress, you know, it's a data ending and why. There's a ransomware attack and there's a WordPress exploit. Um, guys, I'm not gonna belabor this one. If you're running WordPress sites, you gotta keep your plug you gotta keep well, there's a bunch of things you gotta do actually, now that I think about it for like more than one second. One, you've gotta educate people in your environment. It's super simple to stand up a WordPress site. So Carl, I see you, Carl. Gonna stand up a WordPress site. So you've gotta educate your people to be mindful with WordPress sites that they they can get exploited. They they have vulnerabilities all over the place. Two, I'm gonna be cool about this. If you're gonna try different plugins out, you need to disable them when they don't work out or you're done with them. You have to configure them correctly, right? You can't just be like a child, like, oh my, hold on. This is, uh, all right. Um, right, you can't be this guy. Uh, hold on. I don't want to watch a commercial. Hold on. Yeah, you can't be this guy, okay? You can't be this guy with WordPress plugins. Wee! Wee! Look at all these plugins. Give me the plugins, right? You've got to be mindful about your plugins and your management of those plugins because you're just increasing attack surface. And a lot of time, WordPress is a website builder, so it's designed to be internet-facing, right? So you know, it, it, your exposure's all over the place, right? If you yourself are managing WordPress, you got to be mindful of that too. But just keep it clean. Keep the plugins off when you don't need them. Stay informed on which ones are. This Elementor one is obviously a, quite a popular one. If a million websites were compromised. Um, yeah, so that's all I'll say about that. Mobile phones still come pre-infected with malware. Oh, that's features. great. Trend micro-researchers at Black Hat Asia state that millions of Android phones worldwide get infected with malicious firmware before the devices have even been shipped from their manufacturers. This applies to low-priced Android mobile devices that have their manufacturing outsourced to an original equipment manufacturer, a process the researchers say makes them easily infiltrated. Yeah, Although this is not a new process, Trend Micro characterized this threat as a growing problem for regular users and enterprises, though they add big brands like Samsung and Google take care of their supply chain security relatively well, end quote. Yeah, this is a real deal, y'all. Okay, so first of all, um, shout out to the register for using the word miscreants in almost all of their stories. I do love that. <laughs> Second of all... Um, Mobile phones coming pre-infected with malware. This does not surprise me. I, it makes me think, when I, when I heard this, it's like, the phone calls coming from inside the house. Like, ah! Like that old uh, horror movie trope. Um, guys, Android phones dominate the market, okay? I know it, 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 you might have kind of a um, sheltered view of like the mobile market. Uh, if you live in the United States and you see everybody walking around with iPhones, you know, people judging because it's a green bubble, right? That whole ridiculous, like, oh my God, green bubble. But 
internationally speaking, Android has like 80% of the market. And that's like a swag. I, I, I didn't Google the exact stats prior to this, but Android has a massive footprint. And the reason is because it's cheap to, um, I mean, it's cheap to roll out. You can make cheap devices. A lot of the world isn't wealthy. So, you know, it's, it's cost affordable. Like here's a, um, this is a research phone I'm, I'm working on. This is, um, I don't even know who, this says made in China. I, I, like, I don't even know the brand of this thing, right? Like this, this phone is probably like a $30 phone. It's probably installed with malware, okay? My thing is when you're charging like 30 bucks for a phone, right? Think about it. If you sell, if you're charging $30 for a phone, you've got to think about, okay, so the revenue coming into the business has to make more than the expenses of the business or else the business won't stay in business, right? It's called profit margin, right? You can have lean margins, not to get all business 101 on you or anything like that, but it's simple. It's simple economics, right? Simple business dynamics. If I sell a product for $30, I better make sure that my expenses to build that phone cost less than $30 or what the, what am I doing besides like losing money and, and wasting my time, right? But my point is with margins that low and revenue that low, obviously you're not going to be able to have mature, robust supply chain controls. You might even be on the take. Like when these devices are coming pre-infected with malware, that might be part of the deal that the vendor is doing, right? If I'm if I'm selling these devices, right? Yeah, straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. If I'm selling these devices on the cheap, right? And some threat actor comes to me or some nation state comes to me and says, hey, we'd love for you to include this package on your um, base build and we'll give you $100,000 a year just to do that. Well, then that's quite appealing. That's quite appealing. And it reduces the effort for the threat actor to have to find the assets, compromise the assets, socially engineer the owner of the phone, make sure that the phone retains persistence of the infection, reports in, all this crap. Just go straight to the source. This is a brilliant bit of um, development by the threat actor community, just saying. Um, I, I might even go as far as to say, I, I didn't read the story, so I might go as far as to say that um, this would be a nation state threat actor. I don't want to name names because it's not fair, but I have a suspicion, tinfoil hat. And by the way, I appreciate uh, the community pointing out that tin tinfoil actually attracts radio, not repels it. So it's more of a gold foil hat, but we'll go tinfoil. I have a, a, a suspicion on what's behind this. I think it's a nation state threat actor that went to a manufacturer and said, you're going to put this into your phones uh, and you won't say anything or we're going to shut you down. And uh, that's what's going on. So be mindful. If, if you're using a cheap Android phone. Now they did say in the story, Samsung has robust supply chain. If it were me for my money, and I, it, like if, if I was gonna use an Android phone, I would use a Google Pixel or a Samsung, okay? That's just me. And I know that those are more expensive options, right? So it's not accessible to everybody, but it, <laughs> yay, GRC, all right? So here's a win for GRC. You have to do the risk analysis right? What is the, what is the risk of you buying a cheap phone and, and having malware on it? And then what is the impact of that? Are your creds going to get stolen to your phone, uh, to your bank account? Are you going to install, um, 
email apps and banking apps and sensitive apps on your phone that you're going to access, well, now you're introducing exposure. Is that okay? I don't know. You tell me. Everybody has to make their own risk-based decision, but this is why you need to do it. Would it be cheaper to spend an extra $200 and buy a Samsung Android phone and have that assurance that your risk is reduced to an acceptable level? At the end of the day, guys, GRC, I am trying like heck to make GRC cool or cool again or socially acceptable at best, socially acceptable because GRC gets poo-pooed on quite a bit. But I'm telling you, this is a GRC decision. It's wicked technical, but it's a GRC decision for everybody. And if you're a business buying fleets of cheap phones, oh, you better you better reevaluate that decision. Outdated IT systems threaten UK food security and air quality, say British MPs. They are referring to outdated. Yeah, no, the um, so LinkedIn comes in with an unknown person, which is totally fine, saying they thought expensive phones were also manufactured in Asia. Yes, they are in some instances, but the more like your Samsungs and your Googles can have uh, supply chain security uh, throughout the supply chain lifecycle. IT systems at the Department Thank for you, Environment, of Bliss. Food and Rural Affairs, known as DEFRA, and this is according to a UK parliamentary committee. Officials there are having to use paper forms rather than digital systems to track fast-moving animal diseases and to keep food, air, and water safe. In some cases, the report says systems are so old that they have no protection from cyber attacks and users must search out old second-hand laptops to run the applications. The department was found to be struggling to recruit digital data and technology staff, leaving it over-reliant on external contractors. Super. Okay. Okay. So, couple things. One... <sighs> The United States has this problem too. Many countries have this problem. Thanks, Nathan Bullen. Many countries have this problem. And I'm going to tell you, many businesses have this problem. Outdated IT systems threaten the business, threaten the country, threaten whatever. Here is the deal. This is completely true. And then they dropped this huge number, 726 million pounds it's going to cost to modernize the legacy systems. All right, let me let me explain something to you, okay? This is true. It is going to be expensive to modernize the systems. It's going to be incredibly painful, which is why businesses and countries have continued to kick the can down the road because they're like, how much is it going to, this, like in 2018, critical infrastructure, right? Obama signs the executive order. We got to do critical infrastructure. We start looking at all the critical infrastructure and people in the industrial control system security community have been venting for years. Like, whoa, this thing is wicked vulnerable. It's wicked brittle. This isn't good. We're connecting IT systems to it. Yada, yada, yada. We need to modernize. Well, how much is it going to cost? Well, it's going to cost $80 million. Well, what, what benefit do we get? Well, there's a chance we don't get hacked. Ah, you know what? I think I'm going to spend $80 million on like a new piece of tech, like a new feature, a new professional service. We're going to expand into this other market with the $80 million. We'll get to the, like, does the technology still work? Yeah, it still works. It still makes widgets or baubles or energy or whatever. Well, if it still works, we don't need to replace it. Kick it down the road. Okay, kick, kick, kick. And every business leader has the same story. Every business leader has the same conversation and says, well, it still works. Let's kick it down the road. Okay. So then you get this compounding issue 
and these horrible stories where you say, oh, outdated. Like, this isn't a news. This isn't new. This isn't new. If you have worked in the industry for a minute, you know that these systems have been there. I, I was talking to InfoSec Pat last night on stream. If you check the live stream out, guys, Windows 2016 server, Windows 2016 server, um, migrating from that server schema and server base up to a newer one, like the newest, like 22 or whatever, it is not a point and click. You don't just hit upgrade now. It is a massive shift, okay? It's a massive shift. Or is it 2012? Hold on one second. When am I, I might be getting confused. Windows Server 2000. Is it 2000? It's 2012 R2. Yeah, 2012 R2 is what I'm thinking of, right? It, oh, get it. it's going end of life October 10th, 2023. I didn't know this. Listen to me. Here's the real deal. Windows Server 2012 R2, it's not trivial to upgrade. You have to make massive infrastructure changes. And so many people have kicked the can down the road. Directors of IT, you know, IT CIOs. Oh, I'll just push it down the road, push it down the road. Hey, we, we can't take advantage of these new features in Azure because we don't have the newest server structure. Well, let's, let's get a roadmap together. Let's get a plan together on what it would look like to migrate. Oh, let's just kick it down the road, kick it down the road. Here's what's going to happen. These stories are going to happen. It's going to cost $700 million to upgrade all of these legacy systems because it's compounded. You cannot, you cannot sweep away this technical debt. And believe me, guys, when this date happens, obviously it's going to go end of life. But what will end up happening, it says after this date, products will no longer receive security updates. You know what will happen? Mark my words. This is what will happen. Microsoft will extend this um, to certain businesses, or you can purchase an extended security life patch, which will probably run for like another year because powerful companies and powerful people will say, hey, Microsoft, we need... we." Like they're going to start thinking about it in June on what their long-term migration plan looks like. And they're going to realize again that it's incredibly expensive, incredibly time-consuming, incredibly disruptive to the business. And they're going to need more time. Mark my words, there, there will be an extension to this. Um, and then once that extension ends, mark my words on this, threat actors are going to be going ham on Windows Server 2012 exploits. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I plan on being on the show for, for, you know, another 365 days. So we'll have plenty of time to do this, but mark my words. This is, this is a projection that I'm making. Okay. And if you're running an environment with 2012 R2 right now, and you know what I'm talking about, hashtag preach, believe that. And if you don't want to say it, cause you don't want to oust yourself, believe that. But I'm telling you it, it's, it's, I've had the conversation so many times with businesses we we need to upgrade. We need to migrate. You need to buy new tech. Oh, that looks uh, that's kind of expensive. Maybe we'll do it next. Uh, or or like oh oh like the budget's already in. We've already done the budget. We'll get it next fiscal year. Well, next fiscal year comes and now you've got new requirements, new demands. We're doing mergers and acquisitions. We're doing this. Sorry, you're gonna have to make some budget cuts. Oh, it's the pandemic. We're gonna have to make some budget cuts. Well, we still have this like rusty infrastructure that is dilapidated and needs to be upgraded. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the packets still flow, right? Yes, the packets still flow. All right, we'll get it next fiscal year. All right, I quit. I quit. I'm gonna go to a business that takes it seriously.
for Cyber Friday is back today. All right, all right. So that does it for the news. I should have I should have uh, ended the news and then went on that IT uh, rant. But all right, guys, if you were here just for the news, thank you very much for being here. I genuinely appreciate all of you. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Again, thank you for granting me that opportunity to flip out about um, del- like outdated IT infrastructure. It's it's Microsoft RDP to the internet, crappy passwords, and like horrible system lifecycle are really push uh are like pain points to me they they really irritate the crap out of me all right now if you were here just for the news we'll see you later thank you very much uh for jaw jack and time let's spend a few minutes so sean washington wants to know about the coffee sponsorship so for those who are new here or missed those episodes a couple months ago um a coffee roaster out of new york city um and i got together and they said we'd love to white label simply cyber coffee meaning i could sell simply cyber coffee i think like network chuck you're welcome valinoff i think network chuck has his own coffee and stuff like that it's probably a similar plan they said hey we'd love for you to white label coffee and i said okay but here's the deal i'm very honest (laughs) okay i'm very honest so what i'm not going to do is continue to drink starbucks french roast like i drink every day and then sell a coffee and tell people I'm drinking that coffee. That that does not settle with me. I'm not happy with that. I said, send me, um, I, I like dark roast coffee. Send me five different beans of dark roast coffee and I'll drink one. Uh, I'll, I'll drink it on stream every day and I'll give my honest feedback and stuff like that. I went through all five. I did like two of the five, um, but not enough to replace my Starbucks French roast coffee. So Sean, the update is I'm not going to go forward with the coffee sponsorship because I don't want to drink the coffee um, myself. So Ashley Sweeney is accepting the uh, Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Thank you. I love it. Now, hey, William Welch, don't get me wrong, dude. If Starbucks contacted me and said, we'd love to white label your French roast coffee, you can bet your butt you could purchase my coffee at simplycyber.io. But it's just, it's not the deal. Um, so anyways, I will tell you, I don't remember what day it was, but haircut fish, Dan Reardon's talking about crank right now, guys, there was one coffee called crank that I drank the first time. It was the first of the five I drank. Holy crap. That live stream, uh, was hilarious. I took like, uh, I drank this coffee called crank and it was basically like taking, you ever seen Pulp Fiction when they take the adrenaline needle and stick it in the heart of, uh, what's her face there? Um, I can't even think of her name, but um, it was like that. I, I was like sweating. I was like erratic. I, dude, it, it was called crank for a good reason. I was lit up. Uh, so definitely want to keep away from that. Oh, yeah. Uma Thurman. I will tell you, though, it might be worth buying a, another thing of the crank and just having it and, and busting it out for certain <laughs> for certain episodes, almost like stupid human tricks, um, like uh, April Fool's Day or something like that. But anyways, guys, really appreciate 365 episodes with y'all. 365 daily cyber threat briefings. We've come a long way. We've made huge strides. The community has gotten huge. We've got, you know, almost 250 on the regular here. Live team replays bringing in another thousand every single day. I genuinely appreciate all of you. Yeah, meme day. Uh, Yeah, I I don't know a lot. If I could drink crank every Thursday, (laughs) I might die. Um... The newsletter, Jazzy Jazz. Yeah, look, so if you go to simplycyber.io slash newsletter, 
right? And I'll put this uh, link in chat right now. This is the link. If you go here, all you gotta do is put your email address right here, okay? Put your email address right there. Or if you want, because I'm not really organized, you can go here. This is simplycyber.io. And if you scroll down, right here is also how you can get the email. If I was better at it, I'd I'd um I'd be cleaner, but I'm just I'm I'm a infosec guy. I'm not a businessman, so I'm just trying. I'm just trying. Thanks, Pursuit of Bliss. Yeah, episode one was uh if you go back and watch episode one, the bones of what I'm doing is still the same, but the production quality has gone up significantly, I would argue. And uh, the shed, the shed is getting drywall sheetrock this Sunday. It's getting HVAC on Tuesday. Uh, Mrs. Osier and I will probably um, paint and lay a floor down next weekend. So uh, we're, we're making moves like a snake in the grass roundabout. Boston Rob knows Gangstar. Guru. Thank you, Lucy Samuel. Very kind of you. If you drank crank on Worldwide Wednesdays, you can keep up with chat. That's right. Worldwide Wednesdays is really fun. <laughs> yes, Pellant. I think I did play the uh, podcast. Uh, I didn't have a mixing board or anything like that. Um, Moon is asking if the Simply Cyber Store ships to the UK. That's a really good question. Let me actually look at that. Um, so I'm on simplycyber.io. I'm going to the merch. Um, I don't know. Uh, shipping costs and shipping times. Let's see. Um... Let me see. I think it can go there. Um, let me check. They got a lot of options here. I know you got, oh, you can see them on stream. Um, hold on. Where, where's United Kingdom? There it is. UK. Let's see. Yeah, we can ship to the UK. You could ship international. No problem. Simply cyber. We gone, we gone worldwide. <laughs> We're like Pitbull. All right. I drank crank and it's pretty good. Gershon Chapman saying, I like it. I didn't get as wired as you though. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Are you going to do manual sound effects when you're on the mobile studio? Possibly. So Gary Sergiatis, I'm actually, um, I, I, I'm going to buy, I'm basically going to invest. I have my old stream deck, the, um, the 15 button one, and I have the large one now. So I'm actually thinking of... Um, I'm actually thinking of uh, just buying a Go XLR mini mixer for my mobile studio. Basically recreating my mo my in-studio studio for my mobile studio. I also need to buy a... Uh, I have to buy a new laptop. The one I have is uh, wildly underpowered to do what I need to do. Oh, nice. Nathan Bolin used his chat GPT. Guys, I've got something that's going to blow your mind here. I got to say, you impress me more every day. Yeah. Gangstar, Guru, DJ Premier, Jasmine Taz. Do you ship the t-shirts to Nigeria? Probably. Let's take a look. Let's see. Nigeria. Yep. Nigeria's... Hold on. Let's see. Yep. Nigeria's in the house. You can get a Simply Cyber shirt by May 30th. 
I will say, guys, hold on. Before, before. I mean, obviously, I'd love it if you bought uh, Simply Cyber gear uh, and represented. But stay tuned because, see, the 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 business, the the Spreadshirt shop that handles the merch, they control when the um, the discounts happen, right? So like ten percent, fifteen percent, twenty percent, and they happen with some some regularity. Let me actually look really quickly. Um, if I can, hold on, give me one second. Um, is this it? Okay, so look at this really quickly, okay? Can you guys see this? So like, you can see here, um, like if you wait till June 1st, you'll get 20% off. Well, holy crap, June 21st, you can get 25% off. Dang. So, um, we, I'll, I'll definitely let everybody know about that. 25% is the most I've ever seen. It's usually 20%. A flaming donkey deal? <laughs> yeah, thanks, Villanova. I, I've been running the GoXLR mixer um, in my studio here for, um, for a little while, and it's been pretty good. Uh, my pleasure, Richard. I'm, I'm glad you're here, too. Nice, Stephanie Lukowski, Team Hybrid. All right, let me... Ch Holy crap, I hope I don't have a meeting right now. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Hold on one second, let me... I do not have a meeting right now. Guys, I've got a video coming out pretty soon that's bananas. Like, bananas. So I'm doing a couple chat GPTs, and those are in the pipelines, right? Those are in the pipeline. But yesterday, Google I.O. conference happened and they announced like updates to Bard. And I did an apples to apples. Like I came up with a couple queries and tested them in ChatGPT and tested them in Bard. And I got to tell you guys, Bard demolished ChatGPT, if you can believe that. And I, I like it was so crazy that I filmed a video yesterday and I was just going to publish it to the YouTube channel. And I was like, you know what? This video is too good for it to be like a amateur hour production. So it's getting edited right now, but it's like insane. Like here, let me just show you really quickly. This is Bard, okay? Now Bard was getting a lot of uh, a lot of uh, bad pub because it was like a hot mess on fire, but. They, they made massive improvements to it yesterday, or, or uh, to it, and then they dropped it. So check this out. Um, I, I don't even, like, I'm trying to think, like, first of all, you can use a microphone, which is something you can't do on ChatGPT, right? Tell me about Hack the Capital conference the other day. Tell me about the Hack the Capital conference the other day. Now it says heck, so it wasn't smart. But, you know, hold on. So this is like one of the primary things is that it, it has up to date. It, so it's leveraging Google's entire back end 
So this is one primary difference. I mean, this is just one of the improvements Bard has over ChatGPT. It knows about everything that Google knows. So if you can Google it, Bard can help you with it, right? Um, and I, I don't want to spoil the video. Um, That's a fun, I don't even know if it could do this. Whoever just said ASCII art, uh, I didn't. I know they weren't asking that. Yeah, there we go, <laughs> LOL. So anyways, um, anyways, look for that video. I, I've actually asked the editors to expedite the production of that video because I believe Bard for cybersecurity professionals is better than um, ChatGPT right now. It, even though, like, so the stuff I'm doing with ChatGPT is good. You get massive value from it. But I'm just telling you, I did these things with Bard and I was very impressed with it. JoJo with the super chat. JoJo, it's been a minute. Uh, he was at Google I.O. Jerry in San Jose. Google flew me out. I just got back last night in Florida, but the event was great. Look at you, JoJo. Straight crushing it, homie. Best friends. Yep. Thank you so much, Jojo. Yeah, Bard is free. Check out Bard. Um. All right. Good to see you, Jojo. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye, Alicia, Jerry. Bye, Richard. Guys, I'm gonna. Um. Oh boy. <laughs> I am going to um, close it out right now. I want to thank all of you for being here. Thanks, Jojo, for the donation. Thank you all for 365 great episodes. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Get some R&R. For those who are working over the weekend or third shifts or whatever, um, you know, best wishes to you. Um, fight the good fight. And we will uh, we'll see you on Monday morning. Hit that newsletter up if you want because I'll be drafting it on Sunday. Share it with a friend, guys. Simply Cyber. Uh, daily cyber threat brief share with a friend. I am trying to promote it so people can find out about it. I actually have a uh, an upcoming social post with a with a really um, cool company that's going to promote the daily cyber threat brief. So once that gets in order and scheduled, I'm going I'm going to expect us to have like a a banger of a day as a bunch of new people uh, slide in here and find out what we've been doing over here for 365 shows. Thank you, everybody. Be good. And until next time, stay secure. Oh, yeah. And all to, the, to all the mothers out there, happy Mother's Day. Thank you.